The Indianapolis Colts got their man as they hired Charlie Partridge as their new defensive line coach. Is this a good hire for the Colts? And what will Partridge bring to Indy? Let's talk about it. Welcome to the Horseshoe Huddle podcast presented by Fan Nation on SI.com, part of the Fans First Sports Network. My name is Andrew Moore, and as always, I'm joined here by my fellow analyst and co-host of the Horseshoe Huddle podcast, Drake Wally. Drake, Charlie Partridge, one of the biggest hires of the offseason for the Indianapolis Colts. Nate Ali, his contract was not renewed. Colts wanting to go in a different direction to try to get more production and more pressure out of this group. And Partridge is going to be their man. So it's going to be very interesting to see how exactly things change up front for the Indianapolis Colts moving forward. But how are you doing, buddy? Been fantastic, and you know this is a. I'm really excited that we're doing this episode, diving deeper into into Partridge because you know after doing a little bit of research and you doing a little bit of research research, this is a guy that really could fit this defensive front perfectly. Mm-hmm. And I know that they don't have that generational or superstar pass rusher, but here's the thing: they've got complete players pretty much across the line. All right, and you had four guys with eight or more sacks last season, only team in the league to do that, which is pretty awesome, actually, given the circumstances. But the it was the stats can be misleading, as we've talked about. There were some of those games with six sacks, some of those games with none, some of those games with one sack. So Partridge has been brought in to get more of the at least three a game, at least four a game, multiple pressures. There wasn't a lot of pressure you know, overall on the quarterback. So um, we're going to get into it. I'm excited about the hire. And again, I think that he's going to bring out the most in some of these guys. Exactly. So we're going to talk about Partridge, kind of give him a little bit of his background, what he'll potentially bring to Indianapolis, and and we'll uh, kind of give some information that we've learned over the past few days about this hire and, and finally just give our thoughts honestly, on on what we think of this defensive line coach that that the Indianapolis Colts are bringing in. We're going to start off hot with Truett. Truett with the the $5 super chat here says, take this partridge even without the pear tree. Come on, get happy. So thank you so much for fun, Truett. Thank you so much for all your support, man. And uh, really, really appreciate it. And then Truett just put in that he got some bad news and he won't be on. So hey, whatever you're dealing with, Truett, uh, prayers up to you, buddy. I hope everything as well and and as patrick i see patrick's comment i don't think that's appropriate patrick to put up onto the screen because you're an absolute menace but we appreciate you being in here buddy um but hey as other people start rolling in please go ahead and go follow us on all of our socials like horseshoe huddle on facebook follow at colts on fn on x and subscribe to the horseshoe huddle youtube channel hit that bell so you know when drake and i go live every monday and thursday night only 35 subscribers now away from 2000 please go ahead and 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 get that in there go ahead and subscribe hit that bell it's pretty simple, guys, and, and it really helps Drake and I out a lot. But if you can't catch us live, Apple, Spotify, Google, wherever you listen to podcasts, we're on there as well. So make sure you subscribe. Give us a five-star review uh, so we can reach other Colts fans just like you. Patrick saying, get deep with that big partridge. Uh, that's that's what we're going with here. So Drake you forgot to put out the rest of the Yeah, just, just forgot. Did. Just forgot. It's it's as simple <laughs> as that. So, so Drake... Here we go. Colts hired Charlie Partridge as the defensive line coach. And let's let's give a little background to the folks about uh, this new defensive line coach. So definitely not a rookie 
to the coaching game. He has spent mm-hmm. the past 27 seasons uh, coaching in college. Uh, 18 of those seasons, he was working with the defensive line in some capacity. So this guy has a lot of experience. Uh, came from the Pittsburgh Panthers there and and over the last uh, six or so seasons, six, six, seven years since 2018, uh, he has been the Pitt Panthers co-defensive coordinator and defensive line coach. So again, really, really, really uh, uh, locked into what the Pittsburgh Panthers have been doing. And Drake, it's been working out. The, so Pitt has been top three in sacks, three out of the last four seasons, and top five in four out of the last five seasons. So uh, when when Partridge has been at Pitt and was able to get his hands really on the defensive line group, they were certainly able to get after the quarterback. Yeah, and look, it, the thing is, they've when you put into perspective the entire NCAA, especially Division One, there's just it's just a ridiculous amount of competition in teams. And Pittsburgh has a tough schedule. Mm-hmm. Okay, so like they're out there doing this game in, game out, regardless of who they're playing. And for him to be top five and in the upper echelon every single season is absolutely mind boggling. And then you put into perspective that, um, and I think it was Zach Hicks that actually mentioned this, but. I didn't even realize until checking on social media, how often do you hear about, you know, a fan base, especially in college, being super, super upset that their defensive front coach is leaving? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that really shows you the regard that the, the Pittsburgh Panther fans had for this guy, the players had for this guy. And I, I, I said it in the previous episode, man, I love this hire because it's not a name that, you know, it's not even a guy that has NFL experience. It's a guy who's hungry and who's done nothing but just produce regardless of who he's got as players. I think he's had like what three and four star recruits. I don't even think he's had a five star recruit. So this is an awesome hire. I think it's an under the radar hire and the C I mean, no, anything could happen, right? Especially with a guy who's never been in the pros, but you're talking about a very talented overall, very talented defensive front that he's inheriting. And you can't overlook DeForest Buckner. I mean, right there, he's inheriting one of the best defensive tackles that football can pay. So um, I, I think the sky is the limit. I love the, I love the signing. And I think again, he's going to maximize the talents of Samson Ebicom, but especially I think he's going to get the most out of Quiddy pay, which we've been waiting to see. Yeah, I, I think so too. And and I think that you, you mentioned it, you know, he he's never had a five-star recruit necessarily, Crazy. but he's been able to coach 12 players drafted to the NFL. And, and here's here's three guys that, that stood out to me. J.J. Watt, obviously a Hall of Famer. Trey yep. Hendrickson, one of the best pass rushers in the NFL at this moment. And Kalaja Kansi. Uh, a first round pick who uh, is is already making noise in the NFL. So he's got some some really good pass rushing names uh, that that he's been involved with, you know. And and I I would love to hear what JJ Watt has to say about Partridge and just kind of hear what his opinions are. Uh, hopefully hopefully that could come up and maybe on his, on an occurrence on the Pat McAfee show or something. But would really I I think that that partridge is is a really good fit you know and then we you know drake how we talked about that the colts need to get more pressure and then this colts defensive front needs to be better at stopping the run especially you know grover stewart was out that that was so so that was such a big issue for this defense really couldn't stop the bleeding and and especially in the middle of that defensive line seemed like the the red sea parted and and running backs just had a clear lane well Pitt finished top 10 in the country in yards per carry allowed 
three out of the last five seasons. And again, that's not all Partridge is doing. Uh, Pitt has a phenomenal defense, but he certainly plays a big role in that as far as the run blitzes are concerned, the run fits and all that, and making sure that those defensive linemen stay disciplined, stay in their gaps. And he's the one that's teaching them that scheme and, and, and how to really attack that. So, by all by all measures, just looking at the stats here, I mean, there's there's no question, uh, and and really, there's nothing that that could leave unanswered as to why Partridge stood out. I mean, he puts up his team has put up the numbers. He's very well respected, and as you said, Drake, you know that Pitt fan base when when it came out that he was leaving. I mean, I, I'll I'll agree with you right there. I really haven't seen a college fan base uh, uh, show so much appreciation for for a simple position coach. Yeah, and when you lose somebody like that, that's able to teach those fundamentals and has that has that that style of uh, of blitzing, and when they have that much involvement on the defense, it re- it's going to set Pittsburgh back regardless. Like whoever has to step into those freaking shoes it's going to be so difficult to get back up to that level of competition, that level of efficiency. Um, but hey, you know what? If you're a Colts fan, I know that this is a name that's like, you know, maybe not one that, you know, it just really jumps off the page at you. Look at this guy's resume, though. You know, go read some of the people like our own Zach Kicks, who d- did a real deep dive in, into, into this guy. He is a monster of a defensive coach. And I think he is, again, I know we're going to get blue in the face saying this all season or excuse me, all off season. But he is going to maximize. He is going to get the highest efficiency out of these guys. You are going to see pass pressure like I don't think you've seen before with Gus Bradley. Okay, and the thing is he he weirdly kind of fits what Gus Bradley does when he blitzes. So it's like there's there's a fit here. I know that people, you know, say, you know, Gus Bradley should blitz more. I've said that also. But, you know, against teams like the Cleveland Browns where you've got guys like P.J. Walker out there. I know Watson went down early in that game. Well, guess what? Gus Bradley, he ramped up that blitzing like crazy. So he's got it in him when it makes sense. And I think that now that you've got a guy like Partridge that's going to be overseeing the defensive front, he's probably not going to be doing co-defensive, you know, defensive coordination, obviously, because that's something he did in college. I don't think they're going to, you know, they're not going to interrupt Gus Bradley's thing. All right. He's experienced enough. He can he can have his own say over the defense. But I just think it's going to complement Gus Bradley a lot better than some people think. Yeah, I, I do as well, and I, I think you you already hit the nail on the head as to why why the what what was one of the main determinants in bringing Partridge in as the defensive line coach to really make the most out of this this young group. You know, uh, that was that was something that internally the Colts the reason one of the reasons why Nate Ali was not retained and why his contract wasn't renewed is because the Colts felt like they weren't maximizing their their potential with this defensive line group. Uh, the, the players weren't being put in the optimal positions to succeed uh, because the defensive line coach a lot of times will handle the rotations, handle the, the alignments, is responsible for uh, uh, teaching the 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 the, the, the 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 gap responsibility and and the the rush scheme all all of those types of things so whether it was one aspect or the other the Colts felt like they could get more out of this group so bringing in an experienced defensive line coach like Partridge who is is going to be able to to really 
really figure out what these guys do best, putting them in the right positions to succeed because the Colts do feel like they have a, a good defensive front. They feel like Quiddy Pay and Dio Dangbo, they feel like it can still get quite a bit out of those guys. You know, they invested first and second round picks in both of them. So they have quite a bit invested in, in both of those guys. So they want to make sure they're getting the most out of their, their investment, you know, both pay and Odangbo had, uh, uh, career years as far as sacks are concerned, but both of them were, had less than 30 pressures, uh, uh, each total, uh, for, for the 2023 season. That has to jump up. That has to get better. Something that we saw today, I actually saw on, on X today, was Quiddy Pay is already out in California working with his personal trainer and Good. getting ready for next season. Guys, it's February 8th. Uh, the Colts season hasn't even been over for a month yet, and Quiddy Pay is already out there training. That kind of shows you that, that how he feels about this season. He's taking it very seriously, and I think he knows that he needs to start coming on. And, and while last year was a good, a good step as far as, as getting after the quarterback needs to do it on a more consistent basis. He's already a really stellar run defender, but he can still gain more as a pass, as a, as a pass rusher as well. Patrick coming in the CFO himself, earning his name, $10 super chat. Thank you so much buddy, for all of your support. Heavyweight is correct. Drake Patrick is asking, do we still go after a top edge in free agency or the first three rounds of the draft? Or do we think Partridge will have the effect on existing personnel that Sperano had on the offensive line and revamp and ramp them up more? What a question, Patrick. That's a hell of a question, Drake. I'm going to defer. I'm going to defer to you on this. Do you think that, that the Colts, you are, are putting a high priority on on edge and on a pass rusher, whether it is free agency or or taking someone up high first, second, third round of the of the NFL draft, or or do you think that going into this offseason they're they're happy with this unit and and they're kind of wanting to 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 go with that same group and and have continuity, but see what Partridge can bring out of of this primarily young group when you talk about pay. Uh, 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 Odangbo, even even Ebukam isn't isn't too total too terribly old. I think he's twenty seven something around there. So, what do you think? Which which side of the liner are you on here? You know, when you look at, I'll start with the fact that they didn't resign Nate Ollie. Okay, that tells me the Colts weren't exactly the happiest with their defensive front situation. Um, when you talk about each of the four starters, Grover Stewart and and DeForest Buckner, look. You don't really need to talk much about them. I think anyone can coach those guys, and they're going to be fine. Um, while I do think Stewart could put more pressure on the passer, I also think he is who he is, and he's just a fantastic run defender, okay, who is kind of good at pass, pass pressure. Um, and then you've got, you know, Quiddy Pay. He is in a, he's in a year where they can either pick up or not pick up his fifth-year option. So he's got to ramp it up here, okay? He was a first-round selection. They're looking for him while he did have career highs and sacks. They're also looking for him to be that 10-sack-a-year guy, okay? They're looking for him to put more pressure on the passer. And then you're looking at a guy like Dio Dangbo, you know, um, who really came into his own, but he's very unrefined, okay? Dangbo really overwhelms guys with strength and explosion off the line. So I think that um, I think he could work on a lot of things. And then Samson Ebicom, while he did lead the team in sacks, and he look, he was – one of the best free agent signings of the entire offseason. Okay. Mm -hmm. Not just for the Colts. I mean, he was top notch, uh, a top notch free agent signing. 
he's also only going into his second year with a full starting workload. Okay. And he, he did at times get, you know, kind of ghosted by other offensive lines. So I, I think that when you also put into perspective and I, I'll hammer this home until Quiddy Pace shows me any different, you've got a rotational piece who's had two disgusting knee injuries named Taekwon Lewis, who comes back and out pressures quarterbacks with half the snaps that Quiddy Pay did. There's a lot to work on here. And I think that the Colts are excited and they're very hopeful and very pumped to see what the, the to see the the most that can get brought out of this defensive group. Okay. But I don't think that they're super duper like, you know, pleased. I think that they realize, hey, the secondary is young and they're learning a lot and they were banged up. But man, we really could have put more pressure on some of these quarterbacks because at times I always go back to that Atlanta game. They got diced up and it shows that you give any quarterback in this league that is a pro enough time, dude, they're going to find people. They're going to get people open unless you've got a legion of boom style secondary that can track anyone all game long. So um, that's a great question. I, I I still think that they're going to prioritize edge. And I think that at least in the first three rounds, maybe not round one, because I think cornerback and wide receiver are a greater need. Um I also wouldn't be surprised if they do go edge because I think that they still need that edge rusher to get over the top and add more weapons um, so that Partridge can use them. And I, I hate doing this, but I, I feel like, cause I feel like this is going to be a cop out answer. Um, and I've, I've already talked to Patrick about this on, on X before, as far as who they're going to target. I, I don't think that once it's not going to be like it was last year where we know quarterback is going to be the pick, you know, it's fair. the Colts are going to go best player available. And, and I think they're in a, in a position where they, they, they don't, their, their, their needs. I mean, there's not like glaring needs where it's like, okay, you have to have this type of player. You have to have this here. They can go, they can go so many different directions. So that's why I think it's going to be best player available throughout the entire draft you know because we very well could just depending on who's on the board we could see a wide receiver at at 15 we could yep. see a cornerback at 15 we could see a tight end in brock bowers at 15 or it could be an edge rusher you know if you're talking that first round jared verse uh latu latu uh, uh dallas turner you know it, there's just there's multiple pass rushers that it could be if you want to do that but I, I I do think that the Colts obviously will will look to add to that defensive line. You know, Chris Ballard always says you can never have enough pass rushers. That's true. Um, so if if there's an opportunity for them to get better, they're going to take it. But I don't. I I think that I do think that it is a good point that what what Patrick is making about Partridge and and the correlation between between him and Sperano because ultimately, if the Col like I said, if the Colts see a, a prospect that they feel is can't miss or they feel is going to make them really better at the edge position in round one, they'll they'll take it. But they're also very very comfortable and, and they really like the group that they have you know they like what what samson ebukam was able to bring they they like this step up that, that quitty pay and dio dangbo took this year they want to see more but they like where they're at you know and, and chris ballard even admitted that that quitty pay played good football he 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 was good getting after the quarterback needs to be better in that aspect and said he's really good against the run you know so if if pay could take that next step next year and instead of getting 24, 28 pressures, whatever it was, and he jumps that up to 40, close to 40 or 50 pressures, 
along with his ability to stop the run, along with getting at because those more pressures, you're obviously going to probably get more more chances at the quarterback, more sacks. He becomes a double digit sack guy. Then you're happy with Quiddy Pay. You know, you've got a guy that you can build around on that on that uh, defensive line. Same with Dio Dangbo. You know what I mean? So I think the Colts really like what they have as a group. They're still going to add, but I don't think necessarily that they're going to focus in on edge. If there's a guy there in the first round, uh, uh, I think they would. They really have them ranked highly on the board. I think they'll take it. But if it was, if I had to put money down right now, I would say it's either a pass catcher or a cornerback. That's who I think it's going to be in the first round, and, and probably it would probably defer to the whichever one didn't get picked in the first round would probably would likely be the the pick in the second round before Edge. I think that, and I've gotten into arguments with Stats Matt uh, off air about this uh, a few times already in the draft cycle, which is what makes it fun. But to me, wide receiver and cornerback getting more explosive on the outside, pass catcher I should say, quarterback because you know me, I'm the conductor of the Brock Bowers, the Indy train. Um, but I think those are the bigger needs. So if the Colts are looking at needs, you got to go there. Thank you, Patrick, for the fantastic question. Really, yes. really appreciate it. Great discussion, as always. Uh, and as Stats Matt said, I can see one of four positions drafted. Probably wide receiver and tight end for the pass catchers. Corner, maybe throw safety in there. An edge rusher. I think those are those are probably the top needs, uh, at least at the top uh, of this, this draft class for the Indianapolis Colts. So, so Drake, let's let's talk about. We talked about what why the Colts uh, uh, were looking at Partridge and 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 why they they picked him as their defensive line coach. Now, what do you think he's going to bring to Indy? Because we talked about helping get players uh, uh, in the positions to succeed, uh, really helping to to maximize these young players at the cold sky but now let's talk about schemes and and i know zach did a fantastic piece yeah. on this on on horseshoe huddle uh and, but we can talk about it a little bit more i think it's going to be a, a more an aggressive style for the indianapolis colts uh maybe bringing some different blitzing looks. Do I think the Colts are going to blitz a lot more in 2024? Probably not. It's Gus Bradley we're talking about here. That's just not going to happen. Yeah. But the ways that the blitzes come and 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 the different uh, uh, disguises that these blitzes will, will potentially come, I, I think that's – I think Partridge is definitely going to bring some of that aspect from what he did at Pitt where they're one of the highest blitzing teams in all of college football. Yeah, and you know uh, – uh, we have to kind of go to to Gus Bradley here real quick, okay? And I'm actually going to quote a piece from Zach's breakdown just because it it's uh, – otherwise I'm just going to say it, but I have to give him credit here. So Bradley rarely blitzes, but when he does blitz, he likes to send six-man pressure packages. And he actually was only behind Brian Flores from the Vikings in doing that. Okay, so you're talking about a guy who when he when he feels that it is necessary and that Browns game is a beautiful example, he will ramp it up. Okay, and then when you factor in the way that Partridge likes liked at Pittsburgh to use those blitzes, it's an exact match. Okay, now kind of like you also mentioned, are you going to see Gus Bradley, you know, turn into this and you just said it, this big blitz guy, absolutely not. He's never been that guy. He's never going to be that guy. He mm -hmm. is who he is. But I do think that this hire is going to bring something completely different. You're also talking about now approaching the offensive line through slant angles, okay, which is not straight on. So you're you're causing gaps to get plugged. Then when he was at Pittsburgh, he also brought different blitzes where you 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 went it, it was a six man approach but you went after the quarterback and 
just so happens if they tried to run the ball, well, guess what? You've already plugged the gap on the way to the quarterback, so now you stop the ground game. Okay, so there's a lot of different things that, that Partridge did at Pittsburgh that fit kind of what Gus Bradley likes to do when he decides to go a little blitz heavy, um, which isn't often. But again, I think that what he's going to bring to the defensive line specifically is he's going to bring a, a, you nailed it, a more aggressive style, which you didn't see aggression. Okay. You did see games like, you know, Dio with his three sacks against the Patriots. That was wonderful. Okay. You saw, I, I can't remember how many they had against the Steelers, but they beat the crap out of Mr. Bisky and Mason Rudolph. Okay, they took advantage of those weaker teams. They absolutely did. But then when you had teams that could stop them because they weren't as aggressive as you probably could be with talent like the Colts have, because even though they don't have that star pass rusher, they still have a lot of talent. Mm -hmm. Okay, and they have a lot of raw talent too, young talent. And you got to think Dio Dengbo is going into year four. He's only played two seasons, really. So these are guys that still have – Plenty of room to grow. I mean, Grover and and DeForest are your established guys. Okay, I still think Quiddy can can grow too. So, I think that his style of aggression on the defensive front and that style of coaching is going to benefit. Um, it's going to benefit all of these guys immensely. And then I do think to go back to what Patrick mentioned, if you don't get a top notch pass rusher, maybe you get a guy like. Braden Fisk, or maybe you get an interior guy that can replace Stewart if he goes out and then you're not missing a beat and you can stay aggressive because you can't do that with Taven Bryan unless it's third and long, you know? So there, there's a lot of different nuances here. And I think someone else mentioned, you know, if Grover doesn't get re-signed, are they going to put Dio in the middle? That is, Dio's played the interior before, but I think they're going to resign Grover Stewart. And if you haven't seen the structure on what they might approach, go read Andrew Moore's article on uh, on Grover Stewart's contract. I think it's a great piece. But at the end of the day, I think that his aggressive style fits the, the skill set of this whole defensive front and even the rotational pieces very well. And I think they're just one or two guys away from really being, you know, just hell for offensive lines. And you can just continue to rotate in weapons. Yeah, Dio inside as a as a pass rushing defensive tackle on on third downs. Sure, you can do that, but he's, strong, he, yeah. he's not he's not a nose tackle. You know, he's he's DeForest Buckner size, a little bit smaller than DeForest Buckner. And Grover Stewart's a guy that's six foot four, three hundred and fifteen pounds. He's your nose tackle. He's your he's your run stuffer. So if Grover Stewart isn't back, the Colts are going to have to get more of a body type like that rather than putting Dio Dangbo at that nose tackle position where he. He really doesn't fit you know dios he he fits on the on the outside on those running on those running downs and then you can move him inside uh on those pass rushing on those pass rushing instances when when like a grover stewart goes off the field and you're you're getting your nascar package in there uh but but yeah drake i i think that when when you talk about what we could see and what he's going to bring to Indy, that that aggressiveness, and not to say Nate Ali and, and when he was here wasn't aggressive with everything, uh, uh, but I, I think that it's just a different approach to things. And and when I say that, I mean that you know Nate Ali, they they were they were more of the that wide gap, uh, pin your ears back and, and just go after the quarterback mm -hmm. with with how. Partridge has set up his defensive line and that some of the different things he uses with his run with the run blitzing packages, you know, I think it's going to lead to more more run more 
stopping of the a better uh, percentage of stopping the run more tackles for loss uh really making sure you're you're just doing an all-out uh, blitz isn't the right word but but at all just going all out for that quarterback and and if you stop the run on the way that's fantastic you know and and just making sure that you're, you're really attacking covering up those gaps and 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 not not making it so easy for the quarterback because you remember last year and really the sacks weren't the problem for the Indianapolis yeah, no. Colts. They were fifth in the league in team sacks, but there were too many instances where they would go for long gaps without any sacks or really any, even any pressure on the opposing quarterback. That's what needs to change. You can't just go having a, a bunch of sacks and pressures all, all at once and then going through these long droughts where the quarterback can just sit back there, throw the football, and, and get no pressure felt on him at all. You know, it has to be a consistent level of pressure. And, and whether that is by by using different run blitzes or or or, or different six-man blitzes that I know Zach wrote about or getting guys in different positions to 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 rush the passer like a Dio Dangbo inside like a Force Buckner out wide whether it's using different stunts and twists because the Colts really didn't use a lot of stunts and twists and when they did it wasn't great you know Nate Alley was more about just getting four guys up the field as quickly as possible and going and beating your man but using some more twists more 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 uh uh twists and and stunts like that to to break some some defensive linemen free to get after the quarterback quicker that's what I think you're going to see out of out of Partridge and and this group and and I think with the group that they have and and that's there it's not the group that they have is a bunch of smart players. I think that gets overlooked too because you, Quiddy Pay, very smart, intelligent player. So is Dio Adangbo. Uh, DeForest Buckner certainly goes in that category as well. All of these guys have, have really good heads, high football IQs as pass rushers. They just need those opportunities and sometimes they just need help getting free. So moving these guys around, using a variety of different stunts, keeping that offensive line on their toes, I think is going to be key. Just making it a little bit more more uh, uh, unpredictable of where the rush is coming from and how these guys are going to rush. I think that will certainly help get more pressures on the quarterback, which at the end of the day will likely lead to more sacks and 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 more long yardage situations for opposing offenses when they go up against this Colts unit. Yeah, look, I, I also want to say that I think that you're going to see more of pot potentially, because we don't know yet, but potentially more of DeForest Buckner, maybe in one-on-one -on -one situations. Okay, you've seen... We'd love to see that. You've seen just DeForest have to absolutely eat these double teams, which is great, but when you're bringing four guys, you can then man up, essentially. And it goes back to what people couldn't stand Frank Reich's play calling for. Nate Ollie, look, we saw him at camp. He had he had the, the defensive line on point multiple times, but when you put it into game format and when you're predictable and you just you're, you're trying to just man up and beat your man over and over and over again, okay, there's going to be some guys out there that are offensive coordinators and offensive line coaches that are going to be able to match that. And the more you bring and the more nuanced you are and the more unpredictable you can be, you you might just expand guys like Ebicom and Pei and Odengbo's skill sets and might make them more dangerous, which in total will make the entire offense or the entire defensive line more dangerous for the Colts. 
I like this question by Patrick. Again, fantastic question here. He asks, exactly how different is this defense going to look with Partridge? Is Bradley going to essentially give him free reign to run the entire trenches scheme, or is it still Gus's world totally? So I, I do think that that it's you're going to see different parts of of partridge's background implemented but for the most part it's going to be the same defense so it's going to be the same you know you're a lot of man match is what the the, the colts are going to be and start out in zone and then kind of whichever receiver or whoever comes into that that zone then it turns into man that's a lot what the colts have been doing uh, i know the colts want to get into more press coverage which i think juju brents could certainly uh help help out with with his physicality if the colts get another corner on the outside like a uh, uh like a like a quinion mitchell like a someone like a cooper DeGene, who i was watching his film this week and boy i wouldn't be mad about cooper DeGene in indy as well uh someone like that big physical corner uh that that can help with receivers i think that will help i think that will will certainly see more of that from the colts in 2024 but i i, I do think that i do think as far as the defensive line is concerned uh, you're, you're going to see him use as stats Matt throws it tries to scream it from the rooftops more disguising yes I was getting ready getting ready to say that there's going to be a lot more disguising from this group like I said using stunts using twists where's the pressure exactly coming from because Nate Alley was a guy that that really liked to just he, there wasn't much disguise with it you were going to send those four pass rushers and you knew exactly what they were going to be now it's going to be different then it's not going to be all the time but there's just going to be it's not going to be as predictable as we've seen the past couple of seasons from the Colts. Uh, there probably will be some more exotic blitzing looks because, uh, again, want to go back to Zach's article. So if you haven't, make sure you check it out. Uh, yeah. There's a lot of the, the, the Colts, when they did blitz, they used the six-man blitz all, most of the time. What was the Pittsburgh style of defense that they used? on those blitzes mostly a six man blitz so i would assume that partridge is going to bring some of those different six man blitz looks try to give those to bradley help implement those into this scheme and 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 again more disguising just uh, just making things more complicated for opposing offenses to figure out that's i think what he would bring over as far as how the defense will look differently but partridge isn't going to be the one that's making those calls deciding about the blitzes things like that he's going to work with the defensive linemen and try to put them in position to succeed there is going to be more disguises with that and with that rush plan but overall the defense is probably going to look as far as how many blitzes are called and what the overall look of the defense is going to be fairly similar yeah and he's also going to put guys in positions to succeed mm -hmm. you know like and that means that you might not see the same line that like alignment you might see some guys move into different spots so that you know you've got certain guys on offensive linemen that they can exploit mismatches with you know i mean will you see dio dangbo on the inside occasionally absolutely because even before partridge was assigned you saw that anyway so i mean you're gonna see you're gonna see some exotic stuff you're gonna see some varying um uh you're gonna see some varying approaches to different offensive lines weaker offensive lines maybe you see more aggression you know stronger offensive lines maybe you see a little bit more disguising like matt said so um there's there's going to be a lot of of nuances i think that's the word of nuances and detail that's good to way the to defensive front because nate ollie was very black and white about it man he was like look 
use your athleticism, use your fundamentals and your skill and beat the guy in front of you. That's just what he operated by. And I think that that's the main reason that Indianapolis didn't keep him is because the, not that they didn't believe in the guy. It's not that they didn't think that he didn't do a good job. I mean, they broke the Indy era sack record. The last time it was set, it was Dwight Freeney and Robert Mathis were on the team. So you break that record. That's you, There's something to be said about that. But mm-hmm. maybe they think Gus Bradley might mend better with Partridge because they meet the they, they call almost the same blitz packages. And then you're talking about maybe they think that this defensive front's just going to fit with Partridge's teachings better. So, yeah, I, I would agree there. I uh, want to shout out this comment from Lindsay Mack. Hey guys, your favorite <laughs> Welsh Colts fan listened to you live That's for the right. first time ever whilst on holiday in Barbados. Now I just need to figure out how to super chat. Well, Lindsay, thank you so much for all of your support, even over there across the pod. Hopefully you're enjoying yourself in Barbados on, on your holiday. And if you want to super chat, I know it looks like you're watching on Facebook to super chat. You got to be watching on YouTube. So if you go to Horseshoe Huddle uh, on YouTube, you're, you'll see our live stream right there you can subscribe and then you can super chat that way but really appreciate all your support just like my beautiful wife danielle giving her five dollar super sticker this evening live uh, from the youtube that's how you send the super chat thank you so much for all of your support uh really appreciate it as always and patrick even say get on youtube Lindsay. we're more fun than facebook <laughs> danny's saying to clear it uh danny we we gotta have more than, than five dollars but hey don't don't do that that's, I that's, love I love the aggression. Yeah, we we can't be we got a show to do here. We got a show. We we can't we can't uh, be having Drake slur in his words when we're only halfway through here. But uh, pre- again, appreciate all of the support as always. So so Drake, to kind of put a bow on this conversation about Charlie Partridge, what do you think of the hire overall? You know, uh, or or if you want if you want to give a grade, sure you can do that. But if not, overall, what do you think about this hire, and and how big of an impact do you think it's going to have on the Colts next season and beyond? Uh, you know, uh, actually, since real real quick, shout out to Lindsey Mack. Um, I he had me watching rugby. Uh, in in on Instagram, he sent me some some messages on on his favorite player, Lewis Reese Zamet. So has me on the rugby train watching some of that <laughs> stuff. He's like, is he going to be an NFL player? I'm like, hey, anything can happen in the NFL's reach is now hitting Europe, so any anything can happen. But Lindsay, Lindsay thank you so much for Lindsay doing in, some scouting overseas yes. on, on the rugby. Interesting. Okay. Yes, okay. We'll, have to, yes. we'll have to keep that in mind. <laughs> um, you know, grades, I think I, we're, we're going to do plenty of grades this offseason, man. Uh, so I'll go with this. I think that he, on paper, fits – what this defensive front's talents are going to get maximized at. Okay. I think that he's going to bring the most out of these guys. I think that he is going to add different levels of disguising. I think he's going to vary the attack. Again, Nate Ollie was very brick and mortar. This is far more of an exotic approach to the defensive front. And you need that, man. I mean, the AFC is a bloodbath. You know, that you got some real talented offensive lines just in the league, but especially in the AFC, where if you just man up on these guys and you go straight at them and you just you're get you just told to beat your man, that just isn't gonna cut it a lot of the time. So look for guys like I we'll talk about Quiddy Pay all the time. Okay. He needs to perform better in the pass rush, plain and simple. But Dio Dangbo, man, Samson Ebicom, those two specifically, all right. Look for those two to really take another jump. And Epicom had nine and a half sacks and constant pressure. Now imagine the rest of the defensive front 
is putting more pressure on the quarterback. Imagine what he's going to do now. Okay, he was doing a lot of that on his own. I know that I know that Buckner eats a lot of double teams and opens up opens up a lot of opportunities for others, but I just I love the hire. Okay, I'll just say it. I think that it fits what this team is trying to do. I think that it fits the fact that they're trying to get more pressure on the quarterback consistently, which they did not do um, all of 2023. And I think that it's going to maximize some of these guys' talents. And you're going to see some guys that aren't named Quiddy Pay that are going to take a jump and maybe even some depth guys too. And who knows, maybe they'll draft a couple guys and sign a couple depth guys that you don't even know about that go out there and they perform better than they ever have. I mean, he's, I think at the height that this could be one of the best signings that the coach, that the Colts have had as a, you know, a, a defensive staff from the position standpoint in quite a while. Yeah. And stats bad. He does it again. He kind of took the words out of my mouth. So I'm just going to read his, his comment here. He says, this hire makes me excited. I think it's a needed position to be improved. And while in college, Partridge has shown the ability to do things that the Colts need. And, and that, 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 that sums it up in a really good way. You know, yeah. uh, it's, it's going to be a different look for this Colts defensive front. Not, not drastically different, but like I said, you're going to see more stunts. You're going to see more twists, going to be more disguises. And, and I think you're going to see a more aggressive approach overall by by the Colts defensive front um I I think it's going to to really help again bring the best out of this young group bring the best out of the guys that they they've put a lot of a lot of investment in Quiddy Pay, Dio Adangbo, Taekwon Lewis comes back to kind of get him in in multiple different situations you know you you look at the Colts right now and and, and I, if, if the Colts bring back, you know, Samson Abukam will be back. Pay, Dio Dangbo, all those guys are, are back. If the Colts re-sign Tyquan Lewis, uh, Titus Leo, uh, I'm excited to kind of see what, what he does because in, in, in rookie camp, I mean, Titus Leo was showing something. So uh, I would like to see that uh, you, if you want to draft another edge, bring in some more competition there and then really just shore up the inside. You know, you got Buckner and Stewart uh, definitely need depth at the nose tackle position, be able to stop the run better at a Tomo Adabare. Uh, he's out there training with Quiddy pay right now. Uh, I think, I think, all together, and I, I forget. I know on on Twitter it's Coach Ed. Uh, I for I don't know his exact full name, uh, and I, I I should, but I, I don't think he's training Quidipay, Dio Dangbo, uh, Adetomwa Adabare, and and Samson Ebukam. All of those guys are are trained uh, by Coach Ed. I'm going to look him up here uh, just so I get that. But but all those guys are going to keep working, um, and 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 it's going to be exciting to see how they're ed mcgilvra ed mcgilvra that's right so um it's going to be exciting to see what what partridge brings to this unit how he maximizes this unit and who knows uh if, if all goes well you're going to see this entire colts defensive line take a jump we might continue to see those high sack numbers but also bring up those pass those pressure numbers all the while helping stop the run i think that would go a long way for uh, towards this colts defense kind of getting out of the the bottom third of the league against the pass and or over overall really bottom third of the league and really raising its stakes in and getting up to where the Colts want to be on the defensive side of the football. Well, yeah. And, and again, you know, to kind of put a bow on, on the defensive front here, you have some high level guys in, in DeForest Buckner and in Grover Stewart, you've got some very promising guys in Dio Dangbo and in Quiddy Pay. And I can't put Quiddy Pay up there as like, you know, a surprise or like, wow, you know, fantastic. But I will go out on a limb and, you know, I got to toot your horn, Andrew, because you were all over this. You were super pumped and you were the one that was saying this is an incredible signing. 
Samson Ebicom, I think he might even benefit the most from this just because be. he's ridiculously athletic. He puts the pressure on the quarterback already. He stops the run. I mean, he fits this guy's like coaching style perfectly. And he did that manning up most of the time and just beating your guy. Now imagine him with more exotic uh, blitzes potentially that Bradley wants to do with six man blitzes and all that stuff that fits what, what uh, Partridge is doing, man. I, I just, I'm really excited for the whole defensive front, but man, look for number 52 because Samson Epicom could have himself another great year. I would agree. Let's talk about some more of the latest Colts news and rumors here, Drake. Uh, Colts added a couple more coaches to the staff uh, this week. They hired former Eagles quarterback coach Alex Tanney as the past game coordinator, uh, worked with Shane Steichen and his time with the Philadelphia Eagles in 2021 and 2022. Last season, Shane Steichen spoke glowingly about Alex Tanney and, and his ability to work with quarterbacks. So bringing him in as a pass game coordinator. The Colts haven't had a pass game coordinator since 2020, I believe. So mm -hmm. just gives just gives another voice in the room, uh, someone that's looking directly of how to help exploit the uh, and, and get this get this passing game for the Indianapolis Colts to take it to a new level with Anthony Richardson at the helm. Oh, look, another another quarterback centric hire. OK, <laughs> This is just Shane Steichen. This is not even that surprising. I mean, it's it's an awesome hire. Tanny also played in the NFL. All right. Mm -hmm. That's something even Shane Steichen didn't do. He played at UNLV, but he did not play in the NFL as a quarterback. This is a guy who actually was a Colt for a while, or at least was, I think, I think he was like in the offseason. He he was with the team. But look, man, this guy's played quarterback in the NFL. He's coached quarterbacks and he helped Jalen Hurts get to that level. Okay, where he damn near beat Patrick Mahomes and took a Super Bowl. So you're just adding another quarterback mind in there to help Anthony Richardson with Cam Turner. You're adding it with Jim Bob Cooter, and you're adding it with the head man, Shane Steichen. This is an awesome hire. I think that the fact that Shane Steichen trusts him, and again, he overlapped with Steichen. I, I, I just think that it's going to benefit Anthony Richardson. All Richardson needs to do, man, is stay freaking healthy and slide when needed. And I'm telling you, he's got all the tutelage around him to be very successful in the league. He, he might have one of the best quarterback-centric offensive staff like staff collections that i've seen in the nfl yeah i i it's 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 that's not even bias it's it's not really and yeah. and i know people some people might scoff at this but i'm gonna continue to beat this drum all off season it is still all about anthony richardson and maximizing him and the talent around him. So That's right. uh, it's it's going to be it's it's a good hire. He's probably he's not going to be working. It's not like he's going to be working directly with Anthony Richardson, but he's definitely going to be helping uh, uh coordinate and and just making sure this passing game is is the best fit for Anthony Richardson and and for the group that the Colts have assembled on the offensive side of the ball. The Colts also filled their assistant defensive backs coach uh, vacancy when Mike Mitchell was not retained. Uh, the Colts are hiring former Titans, Tennessee Titans defensive quality control coach Justin Hamilton. So uh, he, I think he played in the league as well, had some experience uh, coaching uh, at Virginia, was the defensive coordinator at Virginia before coming over uh, and spending that that season with the Tennessee Titans so uh someone to help help Ron Miles and and really start to teach up uh or continue not even start continue to teach up uh that young defensive back group that the Colts have yeah and I think it I I that was close I think it's Virginia Tech I think he was at I think it was oh, okay. Okay. um but look this that hits his first year as an NFL coach 
Okay. I, I don't think that he's been in the, or uh, not, not, uh, it's his first year as like a defensive backs, backs mm-hmm. coach in the league, excuse me. But um, I think that this is just another young hire. I mean, you, you, you look top to bottom. This is a team that is full of young coaches and he's going to help Ron Miles develop those guys. Okay. Miles is the OG. He's the guy who's been around. He's done it. Okay. Now you get a young mind to be his assistant. I love it. I love this hire too. And nothing better than taking somebody away from a divisional rival, or even if it is a defensive quality coach, um, that, that, that's awesome. And I think that he's young, he's hungry. And I think he's going to relate to those guys who are also young and hungry guys like Juju Brents guys like, yes, I know that people really don't like to hear the name, but Daryl Baker jr. Okay. Guys like Jalen Jones and whoever they do inevitably draft <laughs> Quinion Mitchell. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I think that this, this along with Partridge, along with Tanny, these three hires all are, are positions where you don't really like, like I said, it's not going to like blow up your feet. Right. But the thing is, it matters in the long run to developing a young team. And the Colts still, still have one of the youngest in the entire league, top to bottom, but especially defensively and especially in the secondary. So it fits. And one of the biggest keys for the Colts' success and to take that next step in 2024, the development of the secondary. It's going to be a huge thing to watch uh, for this team next year. So show's not over, guys. I know we always end with the latest Colts news and rumors, but it is Super Bowl week after all. So we're going to talk something a little bit right. outside of the Colts realm. Super Bowl 58, 49ers against the Kansas City Chiefs on Sunday. Uh, hopefully everyone is going to be attending a Super Bowl party or at least taking in the big game and enjoying themselves. But let's give a little preview to the people. Obviously, Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes uh, uh, are going for their third Super Bowl in five seasons which is crazy. And, uh, uh, but the 49ers, Kyle Shanahan is back in the big game, uh, with Brock Purdy, nonetheless, it's a very, very talented 49ers squad. So I think it's going to be a fantastic game, but, but let's talk about what we think the big, biggest matchups are in this game and what we think the X factor is going to be. Drake, I'm going to let you go first. Uh, who do you, what do you think is the biggest X factor or the biggest, uh, uh matchup that's going to determine who comes out victorious in Super Bowl 58? Before, before I get to that, I did have to correct myself. I was kind of right. Hamilton had his first NFL coaching season with the Titans. So forgive me for that. <laughs> there you go. Um, so boy, what a, Everyone's gonna everyone's gonna bet against fifty or everyone's gonna like uh, say don't bet against fifteen. I know that you've said that and look. Mm-hmm. My FanDuel account has told me don't do it, you know. <laughs> uh but here's the thing, you know, you, you look at this, you look at the 49ers, and it's like they just have an incredibly complete, they have arguably the most complete roster in the entire league. And oh, I, yeah. I want to go to the defense. I think you may see something similar to what you saw with Tampa Bay against the Chiefs. Not a, not a, I think it was what, 30 to nine. I don't think you're going to see that kind of an ass whooping, but um, I do think you are going to see Patrick Mahomes struggle at times to get that ball out just because of the relentless pass rusher guys like Nick Bosa. Fred Warner is possibly the best linebacker in the league. Um, I mean, they've got fantastic defensive backs that they, there really isn't a weakness with that defense and they don't have anyone outside of Kelsey. Now here's the thing. Travis Kelsey is the most open man I've ever seen in the history of football. 
Every time that guy catches a pass, there's five yards around him, literally in a circle. And then inevitably they go up to Taylor Swift and she's, you know, drinking in the press box. So um, <laughs> I, I think that when you look at this game, it's all about for the 49ers, you got to stop Isaiah Pacheco. If they start running the ball, you're not going to, you're not going to win the game. I think for the chiefs, you have to stop Christian McCaffrey because if you can get to Brock Purdy, like the Packers did, like the lions did, I, if the Chiefs get a lead like the Lions did, ain't no way in hell they're going to lose that lead like the Lions did. Um, I think that the biggest matchup is probably, dare I say it, man, I bet you, I, I it might be a weird one, but I think it's going to be Fred Warner and Travis Kelsey because I think that he's just going to have to command the middle. You've got to track Travis Kelsey, and he really makes a lot of those plays in the middle of the field. He's arguably the best route runner I've ever seen at tight end. So he just he he will get open. He'll get his, but you got to stop him. But I think that the X factor is Christian McCaffrey, and I think that there isn't a, a running back that is more complete. I don't think there has been in recent memory. He was the first. I, was he the first guy to get a that? Yeah, he was the first. No, no, no. I, he was one of the few outside. I think Marshall Falk to have one thousand receiving yards and one thousand rushing yards in the same season. I mean, that's absolutely incredible. I don't think he did it this year. I think he did it when he was a Panther. But this is a guy who's now with a completely, like, overvamped offense with all the talent in the world, with George Kittle and Brandon Ayuk, Debo Samuel. I mean, they've got Trent Williams as a tackle. They've got an incredible offensive line. I think that Christian McCaffrey is the X factor. And I think that uh, inevitably, if the Chiefs can stop him, they might break the 49ers completely because I don't know if Purdy can handle a guy like Chris Jones, but um, man, it's going to be, it's going to be a great game. And I know people were hoping and including me for the lions and Ravens, it's still going to be a damn good game. And and, and I promise you, it's going to probably come down to the wire. I, 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 I'm, you were, you were really talking about that 49ers defense versus the chiefs offense and rightfully so. I think that's a huge matchup. I'm going to go on the other side of things, go with the other matchup. I'm going to go with 49ers offense against this chiefs defense with Steve Spagnuolo, Spagnuolo as the defensive genius. coordinator. He's, He's genius. been fantastic this season. And I think the the biggest matchup is going to be the pressure that Brock Purdy faces because for the most part and we've seen it we saw it through the regular season saw it that throughout the playoffs Brock Purdy against pressure has been very very good you know very very good but it's 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 going to be it's going to be interesting to see if the, the the Chiefs can really affect Brock Purdy by putting pressure on him, disguising different things, making him just hold the ball just a half second too longer than he wants to, because a lot of that 49ers offense is 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 based on timing and for him to get the ball out to those receivers uh, and, and to Christian McCaffrey and let them go to work. But if, if Spagnolo and that, that Chiefs defense can really disrupt things, Chris Jones up the middle, Drew Tranquil uh, at that linebacker spot, the the, the Chiefs have uh, Legereus Sneed, really good cornerback. They've got some oh, good yeah. defenders all over the place. So if they can really disrupt that and get – get Purdy off his game I don't think there's going to be anything stopping the Chiefs you know I add on on the, on the other side I think maybe the X factor you went with Christian McCaffrey I'm going with Isaiah Pacheco you know being look at that to, running be, backs we're not be, even talking about quarterbacks being able to consistently run the football I think is going to to be key you know to slow down that 49ers pass rush that has Nick Bosa on one side Chris Jones or Chris Young on the other 
You have Eric Armstead, Javon Hargrave in the middle. I think being able to run the football with Pacheco and then using play action off of that to get to be able to hit Kelsey, be able to hit Rasheed Rice down the field, uh, and then allowing Patrick Mahomes to do what Patrick Mahomes does, I think that's going to be a key. But but just having Isaiah Pacheco there to help this uh, this Kansas City team stay in front uh, of the chains so that way uh, the 49ers can't just unleash the dogs and 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 have them go for uh for for patrick mahomes back there so i i think those are going to be the keys so all right drake last game of the 2023 season sunday I, I, like you said it's going to come down to the wire i th- i think so too i think it's going to be a fantastic game these teams match up really well with one another uh so who you got you know, right now the 49ers, I, as I checked this afternoon, the 49ers were still two-point favorites uh, there. But Sunday night in Las Vegas, 49ers, Chiefs, uh, tell me who you got and then who is your Super Bowl MVP? So I say do not bet on that spread because I think it's going to be 49ers 21, Chiefs 20. Oh, okay. so Chiefs, I think that- Chiefs cover, but Niners get the dub. I think that you're going to see far more of a defensive performance than people think. All right. I think that Patrick Mahomes lacks the receiving weapons right now. That's why they're running the ball so much. Okay. Now it's working. That's also why they're doing it, but I've never seen the chiefs run the ball more. Okay. I think that you are going to see Brock Purdy. Also, he's going to get sacked a couple of times. I think that they're going to keep guys like George Kittle and uh, you know, and, and like contained. I think that you, you might see Brandon. Ayuk make some plays, but I think they're also going to keep Debo Samuel contained. I just think that the 49ers have more of a complete team. And I think that their defense is far superior to the Detroit Lions or not the Detroit Lions to the, to the uh, uh, Baltimore Ravens who Mm -hmm. in all regards have a great defense. I just think that the 49ers are absolutely ridiculous, man. And so if they were able to stop, uh, especially in the last couple quarters, the Detroit Lions, the way that they did in that ground attack, I think they can handle Isaiah Pacheco. Um, but I think that the MVP is going to be Christian McCaffrey. It's been a long, long time since there's been a, a running back as the MVP. But look, man, Christian McCaffrey, I have not seen a running back quite like him. He is just such a stud. Top to bottom, might be the most complete running back I've ever seen since, dare I say it, Hall of Famer Marshall Falk. So um, I'm going 21-20 49ers. For all I know, the Pat, Patty Mahomes might go out there and Taylor Swift himself do a Super Bowl win, and um, you know we all might be crying. But you know who knows? <laughs> so 20 21 to 20 49ers. You have the Chiefs covering, but the Niners getting the football. I'm going to say it one final time for the 2023 season. Here it comes and. The- you can't bet against 15. I'm going Chiefs. I think they get the dub. I'm going Chiefs 24, uh, uh, San Francisco 49ers 20. Uh, I do think it's going to be, it's not going to be as high scoring as, as last year's contest. Uh, but I, and I got to get Patrick Mahomes the MVP. You know, I, I think it's going to end up where he gets two touchdown passes, uh, a run by by his Isaiah Pacheco. Those will be the three with a with a, a Harrison Bucker field goal. Uh, we'll probably see a touchdown out of out of McCaffrey and and another touchdown out of George Kittle. Uh, but it's it's going to come down to 
to Brock Purdy against that that Spagnola defense, and I just don't know if he's going to be able to pull it out. So I'm going to go Chiefs 24, uh, Niners 20, and I think Patrick Mahomes wins another Super Bowl MVP. And and like I said, you just can't bet against 15. It's just too tough. And Andy, him and Andy Reid are going to get their third ring in five years as we we're on the cusp <laughs> of another dynasty in the NFL. So uh, before we take off, we've got one more question, and we can't uh, not answer the cfo's question here uh patrick says well thank you so much for the super chat buddy appreciate it man as always as drake takes another drink about an hour left gents do we get one two or no more colts in the hall of fame tonight so uh <laughs> it's, it's a tough it's, question man. it is it is a tough question uh i'm gonna go with i don't think both of them get in i, I think one is going to get in tonight um but but i i think it'd be tough for for both of them to get in and and so i i do think one is going to get in um not saying that i already know that that one person that's going to get in but maybe maybe i do maybe drake <laughs> and i both do yeah. um but but yeah i think there'll be one colt that enters the hall of fame this evening and the other one's going to have to wait so the two up are dwight farini and, and reggie wayne i think one of them gets in the other unfortunately will have to wait at least another year yeah look how often do you have a guy on the offensive side and a guy on the defensive side on the same freaking team for the same amount of years almost so both are incredibly deserving right but again i mean they both have cases to get in but i just don't see both guys getting in i see if i had to make a prediction i mean you know i i think i think dwight freeney might have to wait just because they're going to make a case that robert mathis was with him most of the time and i think that reggie wayne is going to be the one to get in because not only did he do it with manning don't forget he also had a phenomenal season with Andrew Luck in his rookie season. So, I mean, I, I think that Reggie – or wait, was that – no, was that the season with Dan Orlovsky, Kerry Collins, and Curtis Painter? I <laughs> that, was, that was twenty. That was 2011. That was oh. the year before Luck came. Um, but, okay. But, hey, re- regardless, Drake, I mean, you, you think about those 2000s Colts and the members of the 2000s Colts that are currently in the Hall of Fame, Bill Polian, uh, Tony Dungy, Marvin Harrison, Edron James and Peyton Manning. Five guys on that Colts on those involved in those Colts 2000s teams are already in the Hall of Fame. Dwight Franey or or Reggie Wayne could make it six. Uh, and then I think when eventually both of those guys will get in, that, that'll be seven. So I mean that's it the, was Lux rookie year, by the way, at 106 catches. Yeah. So. Per, pretty incredible, pretty incredible run from those guys. So as of, I think the NFL not honors is like at, at 11 or I'm sorry, 9 p.m. Eastern tonight. So if you're listening to this in the morning, you already know who is in the Hall of Fame. But just remember, I think I think there's going to be one Colt that makes it into the Hall of Fame tonight. We'll have to see what that is. But but Drake, char- just to wrap things up, Charlie Partridge, new defensive line coach for the Indianapolis uh, for the Indianapolis Colts. Think you can be excited about what's to come, what he's going to be able to do uh, with this unit. Again, a guy that that really knows knows his stuff, um, a guy that can, that is really good at identifying players' strengths and putting them in the best position to succeed. Uh, a guy that players love to play for. Uh, I, I think I think this is a really good hire for the Indianapolis Colts, and you can expect that defensive line group to probably take a ne- another step in 2024, strictly off of the hire of Charlie Partridge. 
Yeah, it gets you excited. You know, they they broke the Indy era sack record last season with Nate Ollie. Very again, a very black and white approach. Now you've got a guy who's going to be way more diverse with his attacks. So I think that you might be able to, at the height, expect another record-setting year, hopefully, and you might have a couple guys in the 10-sack area. It's going to be fun to watch. So that's our show for tonight, guys. Really appreciate everybody tuning in to talk about Charlie Partridge, the new defensive line coach for the Indianapolis Colts. Want to give a shout out to our super chats this evening, Truett, Patrick, and my beautiful wife, Danielle. Thank you guys always so much for your support. It means the world to Drake and I and everybody else that joined us. I know we mentioned stats, Matt, quite a bit. Uh, Lindsay, uh, hopefully you're enjoying Barbados and everybody else that joins us tonight. Uh, Really, really appreciated it. Uh, make sure you go follow us on all of our socials like horseshoe huddle on facebook follow at colts on fn on x and subscribe to the horseshoe huddle youtube channel hit that bell so you know when drake and i go live every monday and thursday night or for special for special breaking news episodes all off season long so you never miss a show and if you can't catch us live or on youtube apple spotify google wherever you listen to podcasts we're on there as well so make sure you subscribe give us a five-star review so we can reach other colts fans just like you drake Tell the people what they could go check out on horseshoehuddle.com that you've written because I know you've got some some good pieces out there right now. Yeah, uh, you know, I did one on uh, – I did three on Bet Kentucky. They did one on Shane Steichen and the Colts and how they put betters to shame, how Kylan Granson is a big bargain tight end, one of the best value positions uh, for the NFL. And then, of course, a young wide receiver for the Indianapolis Colts, a certain person has a very bright future. Go check those out. Make sure to give those a read. Myself, got that Grover Stewart article out there for you. Projecting Grover Stewart's uh, potential contract extension with the Indianapolis Colts. Maybe a little bit higher than than some people think. Uh, yeah. Maybe a little bit lower. Let me know uh, what you think of the article and and uh, how much I think Grover Stewart will re-sign for with the Indianapolis Colts this offseason. Also, did a little research. This one was a little bit of fun. Uh, while the Colts aren't playing this weekend, Three former players of the Indianapolis Colts will be on the field on Sunday playing in Super Bowl 58. So go check out who those players are, kind of relive their their playing days in Indy uh, uh, before they take the field on Sunday. So check those out and all the fantastic writings of uh, from the rest of our colleagues at HorseshoeHuddle.com. Go follow Drake at DWalster Drake on X. You can follow me at Andrew Moore NFL. And we'll be back Monday night to talk more Colts football with you. Maybe do a little recap of the Super Bowl as well. We'll have to see. But make sure you come join us, Colts fans. Enjoy the Super Bowl. Enjoy uh, whatever party you're going to be going to. Or even if you're just sitting at home, enjoy the last football game of the 2023 season. And we'll see you right back here Monday night. Take it easy.